to Ready, Set, Invest, a podcast where we share stories about successful entrepreneurs and explore business opportunities in emerging industries in Medicine Hat, Alberta. I'm your host, Amanda Simonek. This episode, we'll be talking about building an online business and leveraging social media to work for you. Joining us today is Christine Russell, a local entrepreneur who built her business, children's clothing line Rustic Pickle online. She found her market using Facebook and Instagram and began filling orders from customers in countries ranging from Australia to Saudi Arabia and the United States. She continues to operate her business in Medicine Hat while the clothes are manufactured in Toronto. Welcome to the podcast, Christine. Thanks for having me. So Rustic Pickle is kind of an interesting name. We just have to talk about that first. <laughs> so how like how did you end up choosing Rustic Pickle? I was just mulling different names over in my head one night, just actually sitting on the couch. And my my little my oldest son loves pickles. And we were talking about pickles earlier in the night. So I was trying to like run names off of pickle. And I came up with Rustic Pickle. And um it it's sort of stuck, I guess. And it's definitely a name that you don't forget when you hear it. (laughs) Nope, you don't forget it. When did you start making children's clothing? I started in 2014, shortly after the birth of my um, daughter, our last child. We had uh, just a a little bit of a rough go with her health-wise after she was born. And I emotionally couldn't think about going back to work in my professional career after having her. So I knew I needed to find something to help supplement our family income and I started my shop. How did that start? Why children's clothing? Well, where we live, there's there's a shortage of, I guess, trendy, hip clothing for kids. There's There wasn't a lot of options back then when I first started and a good friend of mine had we were talking about kids clothing and she had mentioned like the harem style pants or the drop joggers are 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 a big hit and they were we were seeing them all over social media outside of of even Canada actually at that point and I decided to start making those so how did you develop that product like the harem pant so really I just sort of took up an existing pattern of pant and I tweaked it so that it it had become my own um obviously you know anybody could pick up a pattern and do the same thing but for me it was developing a product that was sort of like a niche to that particular style of pant and I started actually with custom fabrics custom basically custom everything how you wanted to make the pant um when I first started making them just to kind of see and feel out what people were wanting in a pant and then so why did you choose to start selling online as opposed to setting up a shop or Um, getting it in stores yes yeah well mostly because the whole intention of me starting my shop was so that I could stay home with my kids so that way I I couldn't tie myself to a nine to five and eight to four weekends. Um, I sewed when my kids were at school and my daughter napped or at nighttime when they were all in bed. Very, very rarely did I, was I sewing when they were awake, but there was the other parts of the business that, you know, 
obviously starts start to take over that I kind of had to start to balance and time management when I was able to do that and when I was able to sew orders. So what led you to start marketing uh, Rustic Pickle on social media? I initially started selling on Facebook. I started a Facebook page. At that time, Facebook for business was a lot more appealing to uh, smaller businesses or any business. It just kind of went like wildfire and snowballed. I was taking orders on uh, social media. So I had an album of fabrics on my Facebook page and then photos of those pants made up just to show how they would look. And I basically took orders through Facebook Messenger on sizes and collected payment either at pickup or by e-transfer or PayPal and went that route. How did you find out about Instagram and putting your stuff on that platform? I think it was more so when I realized Facebook for my shop was very, very local based. So I had a lot of local followers on Facebook. And then as you start to want to grow, I started to look into a website once I had established a website and a platform to sell, I stopped taking custom orders and just offered what I offered and what I wanted to make. And Instagram was at that time too, a huge platform for small shop business. So, I mean, that's kind of the terminology that they use for uh, like shops like mine. It's a, it's a small shop and buying on Instagram, small shops was also a huge business. So as soon as I knew um, that I wanted to, I guess, expand outside of outside of my local community and knew that I was able to to manage that volume of orders because now I had a website. I wasn't offering custom orders anymore. I only made what was on my site and this is what you could buy for. I started an Instagram account and linked my website and started using that as my um, as my actually my main driver of of sales. Now, in coming with that became a very large amount of export sales out of Canada because Instagram isn't, I wouldn't say it isn't isn't as popular in Canada as it is in the United States, especially for shopping and so, or even, and even worldwide for that matter. So the bulk of my sales then shifted from being local to being international. How did you navigate that? Because you were used to doing like pickups and like probably Canada Post stuff. Yeah. So I still ship with Canada Post and I ended up switching website platforms to the e-commerce website platform Shopify. Uh, Shopify, I can't say anything bad about Shopify. It's a perfect e-commerce website platform. There's opportunity to build very unique sites that to your business they're not very they're not cookie cutter there's so many options they offer like a shipping platform out of there so everything you just print the order you print the shipping label and it and you just drop it off at the post office for a long time a lot of the time that I spent was actually in the lineup at Canada Post with big big bins and I'd have to hand fill out the custom declaration forms so once I was able to streamline that part of it obviously it it gave me more time to market to 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 do all of the other business type stuff that um, comes with owning your own business can we go back to where you're talking about a lot of international customers were on instagram so where were they coming from 
the majority of my customers, and I still remember my first ever U.S. sale, actually, I still remember it. I remember yelling at my husband saying, I just got an order, an order from California. And just, just dumbfounded that somebody, and I think, too, as you grow your business and you start a business, a lot of it comes from being confident in what you're doing and that that what you're making people are actually liking and I remember saying to him like somebody from California just ordered from me how am I going to ship this and uh and then after that it became it really became second nature and as as it started to spread and people were sharing photos of my things and it came full circle that the majority of my sales come from the United States. I do have a large clientele in Australia also. Um, I think that too is because Australia is very big into Instagram also and our dollar is is quite similar. I've had orders from Singapore, Malaysia, Kuwait, the UK, France, Italy, Germany. I think, I mean, I orders into Brazil, Mexico, pretty much all over. And it's been all from Instagram for sure. There's a little bit more to it, right? Than just posting a picture of your work on Instagram. You put a lot of time into curating your feed, which is beautiful. Can you talk a little bit about that? How you grab the attention of people? Yeah. So Instagram is a very visual uh, social media platform. So when you're on Instagram, you're on there so that you can look at photos that are visually appealing. For me, I think too, it comes into an element of professionalism with my business in that I want my stuff to look good and I want my photos to look good because if people can visualize and say, oh, I want, I want my kid to look like that, dressed like that, and the better the photo quality is, the more apt something is going to sell, just like any other clothing business, I would say. So kind of modeling it after you know, other larger clothing businesses, but kind of taking it to another level. I don't enjoy inside pictures. I feel like it kind of set my stuff apart in that I always wanted an urban setting. I loved graffiti. Graffiti walls were always my jam. Um, with my stuff and styled that way that it did appeal I mean it it did put me in a niche market but it appealed to a lot of people within that market anybody can wear my stuff and people like kids sleep in my stuff from what I understand don't wear take it off for three days because it's so comfortable but being able to show it styled and that it just wasn't a pair of pants that it could be styled in different ways that that was important to me because I needed to show the versatility of my of my items. Um, also showing, you know, behind the scenes photos. I use that in my stories a lot. I, I do show a bit of a personal element, um, a bit of my family, kind of just more of a relaxed type of feel in my stories. And that's just so I can maintain the professionalism on my feed, but then you can still see who the person is behind the business, which is important to me too. You did one interesting thing too, I remember, to leverage like Instagram a little bit. So how did you do that? Um, We talked about the photos, but was it the tags were the thing too, wasn't it? Yeah, hashtags are big. Um, Now, hashtags can work for you and not necessarily work against you, but sometimes hashtags don't don't get you the, the organic or the the following that you want because a lot of other 
people decide to take on hashtags a lot of bots take on hashtags and things like that so it's showing that you get a lot of likes but are those likes equating to sales you want to have your organic following and your followers that actually follow you be able to see your stuff so for me one of the big things was when I first started to be able to get my name out there and start increasing my follower count was pairing up my stuff with other small shops so some people might think that's crazy because a lot of it is your competition but on the flip side of that you're also showing that you're part of the community that you support other business and and that we can leverage each other's following and leverage each other's items to appeal to more people so when I first started too I had um I have a group of kids that are all over the world that represent my shop and so I will send them things in exchange for photos and for them to tag my stuff on their feeds. Now, some of their feeds have 100 followers. Some of their feeds have 5,000 followers. Some of their feeds have 40,000 followers. And it just sort of snowballs from there because they'll post the photo of my clothing. They'll tag my stuff. But then the, the shirt, let's say, with the pants that I have is from a shop that has 200,000 followers and they've tagged that person also. So now I'm getting seen by all of their followers and then in hopes that the shop that has the t-shirt decides to repost that photo and tags me. So now I've been seen by X amount of followers from my child representative and now I've also been seen by the 200,000 followers on the t-shirt shop. And, and then it kind of just snowballs from there. So that's why it's important. That was important for me to have high quality photos. Because if you want to be reposted, the photo quality needs to be there. Because there are other shops like mine that run their business and run their feeds on photos that are of high quality, highly styled and have represented like brand representatives that have larger following. Really have to kind of keep up. With yes, the, you do. Yeah. yeah, lots of checking out kind of what's new on Instagram, like seeing what your brand representatives are wearing now, even collaborating with other shops for giveaways. So um, collaborating with that t-shirt shop that has 200,000 followers to do a giveaway of an outfit where the requirement would be to like the photo, tag a friend, and follow each respective page is also a way to make sure that you're you're gaining followers that are within your market range. When you started doing this, this was like a couple of years ago, but we all know that algorithms change. How do you keep up with the changes in social media? I do a lot of research, so I do a lot of reading. I listen to a lot of podcasts about social media changes, um, a lot of webinars on social media, just to make sure that I, I can stay on top of that. It is definitely an uphill battle, and it's definitely very discouraging at times, the way social media is now as opposed to when I first started. You have to work a lot harder to be seen. And then you were on Instagram in a few years ago. What year was it? Two thousand and. 15, I think. 2015, yeah. okay. Back when I started on Instagram, it was unreal. Like the amount of followers that you would get and the amount of orders that you would get and the amount of just the sheer amount of, of engagement on your feed back then, 
is night and day difference than it is right now. So just trying to stay on top of kind of what changes Facebook is bringing in because Facebook now, is on, now owns Instagram. Learning how to properly sponsor if you want to pay advertisement on, on social media posts through Facebook. Making sure that you know how to do that correctly, the best bang for your buck, that kind of stuff. Um, it is definitely a, you're learning every single day because every single week comes out a new change to Facebook or Instagram, which is is frustrating, but I understand, you know, they're a business also. So they've definitely got the monopoly <laughs> and uh, the upper hand for yeah. sure. So just trying to stay on top of it that way. Experimenting too. I wouldn't say necessarily experimenting with, with ads per se, but experimenting on how you're posting, what posts are getting the most engagement, how you're hashtagging, how you're tagging, um, what kind of content you're putting out, that kind of thing. It kind of takes a little bit of trial and error to figure out, you know, what do my followers want to see from me? It's true. Some stuff for no reason just goes yes, viral. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't figure out why that is. <laughs> okay, so what are, you, what are some of your favorite features on social media? Well, I really like Instagram stories is really fun. I feel like Instagram stories can bring an element of personalization to a business. So it can be a little bit more quirky, a little bit more um, behind the scenes. Some people are a little more off the cuff in their stories because they disappear like Snapchat. So they're not there forever unless you decide you want to save them. Um, Speaking of saving stories, there's a new feature of being able to highlight all of your stories. And then you can also um, separate them into different categories. So if you want to showcase a particular item, maybe that's worn different ways for my shop per se, then you can showcase, you know, the tan drop crotch jogger and then show it how it's styled different ways. So it's a really neat way to, to put pictures and things in your social media feed that you definitely that you not necessarily want on your main feed. I love gifts. Gifts are my favorite thing. <laughs> and now you can actually incorporate gifts into your stories. So if you make a post, you can make a gift that might be pertaining to that thing. I think they're just I think they're super funny and they just yeah. they bring a little bit more humor to and bring your posts to life, I guess. Yes. Um polls are awesome because then you get people engaging on you ask questions about an item that you maybe have in your shop and it's yes or no, you love this color, yes or no, that kind of thing. I think that also helps. The more people engage on your feed or in your stories, the more often you're, they're going to start seeing you in their feed. That's how, that's how Facebook and Instagram are working. They want to show you things that you are wanting to see. So the way that you let them know what you want to see is by engagement on the feeds that you want to see, if that makes sense. So the more that you can get people to engage with what you're doing, the more often they're going to see your stuff. Do you ever watch Instagram TV? Yeah, sometimes. It depends (laughs) on what comes up. Yeah. I sometimes get the the strangest things, but I'll still watch and and I'll still watch. Um, That's not, that's something I haven't quite added to my own yet because you can add that to your own. And I just... I'm trying to juggle my time a little bit and see what's what's most kind of most valuable for that. Live videos seem to do really well too for me. When I've done them, I haven't done one in a while, but um, those also seem to do quite well. People love to see the maker, the person behind the brand. And that's a good way for people to see that you're actually a real human, a real person, right? So I did quite a few lives when I 
when I shifted gears with my shop to explain to people why I was going the direction I was going with my shop. And I think it, it helped people understand why shops shift from handmade to manufactured and to, you know, explain to people that there's still the heart behind the product because it was very, uh, it took a long time to select who was going to make it, who was you know, where it was going to be manufactured, what type of fabric it was going to, what was going to be used, the dyes, all of that kind of stuff. They still show that there's such a a big, strong personal investment in the brand, even though I'm not downstairs sewing it till two o'clock in the morning anymore. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because you made that shift about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a year ago. Actually, October is when my newest line um, had come out. And that line was no longer hand sewn by me. I uh, found a company out of Toronto that they mill, dye, and manufacture all of my products right in Canada. So it was a big deal for me. I'd watched a number of um, documentaries and one of them really stood out. And it was showing where a lot of these large clothing manufacturers were manufacturing and the conditions that people were living in, the amount of waste that was put out, the safety issues of people, the wage issues for people that were working overseas for for cents per piece. In my own ethical mind, I couldn't go that route. And so it was really important for me to find someone in Canada that could do that from start to finish for me. So my elastic band on the waistbands all the way down to the tags are all made in Canada. Now there comes some, um, I mean, guess I guess downside of that for some people because it's not, it's not cheap to make. So therefore it's not, they're not cheap items and they're quality items. And um, I can stand behind my brand and know that each piece of clothing that I sell comes from a humane, ethical, eco-friendly environment in our own country. Part of that too for me was the Canadian economy, being able to provide jobs for other Canadians. It does, it comes full circle that way. People always want to push shop local, support local. Um, And to me, supporting local also extends throughout our country mm-hmm. because we're maintaining the economy here. And so how did that sort of help your business and you move forward? Not having to sew everything, I was able to start offering wholesale, um, which I wasn't able to do before. I think I'd taken on maybe two wholesale orders in the first three years that I had started. Um, but I just, I couldn't keep up with the website orders and the wholesale orders. And it was just like my turnaround times were too long and I was just just in over my head at that point. So being able to move this direction, now I was able to um, reach out to all those shops, all those brick and mortar shops in the US, Canada, Australia, um, Saudi Arabia that had wanted my stuff back then and be able to say, now I can now offer wholesale. I'm able to ship this out right away to you. Um, here's a here's a lookbook and a line sheet of what I can offer for wholesale. And it's just kind of put me in a different bracket now because now it's about volume too. The volume that's coming out and going to wholesale is now helping me on the volumes that I order too through my manufacturer. And so I'm able to spend more time um, marketing it 
talking to, to stores that might be interested in carrying my product. Actually, speaking of marketing, you clearly have a passion for marketing Rustic Pickle. How and when did you first start learning about it? Um, I think, well, I mean, I, I started as soon as I started my shop on Facebook. Um, if you looked back then, if you were to scroll that far back, you would probably have been like, what on earth? This is horrible. But as my shop evolved, I also evolved in how I wanted things to look too and how I wanted to portray my product to everyone. And I, for me, being drawn to a professional, highly styled, visually appealing looking feed, that's what I liked to see. And so in some ways I was a bit selfish because I, I wanted it to be a certain way because that's what I like to see. And so I hoped that other people would feel the same way and I and it, it did work, clearly it worked. And people really enjoyed the photos. Another thing too that I wanted to do was I wanted to to make it seem that if you saw a photo, you would know that those were rustic pickle pants. That was kind of my main goal was if you saw a photo with nothing attached to it, that you would know that those were my pants by the style of the photo, the quality of the photo, the location of the photo, that kind of thing. Um, I wanted my pants to brand themselves and I wanted my brand to be known just by the, by seeing the pant, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like that picture could just be floating anywhere, anywhere in yeah. Google images and you'd be like, Oh yeah, I know what those are. Yeah. And that's what I wanted because I had chosen, um, an item that was, I would say probably not at that time, but now very oversaturated in the market that I'm in. And so I wanted to be able to establish and set myself apart from every other pant, kids pant shop there was on Instagram. And by doing that, part of that needed to be the way that those pants were portrayed and marketed in the market that I was in. So what's the future plan for Rustic Pickle? My kids are busy. So part of this is for me sometimes needs to take a back seat to my personal life. I think just being able to get into more stores would be probably my my big goal because it would be less almost less work for me just packing up one big box as opposed to packing up multiple packages. Oh. I'd still like to keep the multiple <laughs> packages coming though. My shop also goes kind of in ebbs and flows uh depending on the season. So Christmas time will probably pick up. I've been able to get into a few more markets too which I couldn't do before because I couldn't I didn't have the time to make enough stock to bring to a market because I was too busy with orders. So now that I'm able to get into more markets, I've done the market in Mendelta a couple times here locally. I usually do the beverage and the beverage sip and shop market that they have. They have a holiday one and a spring one. And I've also traveled out of town. I've been going to Lethbridge a couple times. I've done a couple markets in Lethbridge just because I don't want to drive too far. Yeah. Um, and it's a long haul to bring all of that stuff. But just so that I can start get a little bit more awareness in our area as opposed to outside. So I kind of did it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I I started a little bit I started local but then made it quickly made the shift to exporting most of my product. And now that 
you know, the export side of the product is at a nice pace, I've actually been able to now have time to focus more on my local market. So being at some more markets is kind of what I intend to do and and the wholesale market and just kind of continue plugging on. Oh, yeah. Why yeah. go for the local markets now? But my stuff is at, um, now in the boarding house. Um, oh. It has been for just almost a year. So there is a place for people that are local to Medicine Hat that can, can go shop for it. But I also feel like doing the local markets, I get to see my customers too. Whereas if they're ordering online, a lot of the times if we're in and out, I just pop it in the mailbox, they can come when they want. And I barely get to see any of my customers. But going to the markets, I get to meet new local businesses or, or existing local businesses. And and I get to also support the local market in Medicine Hat by actually going and that's important to me and trying to get other businesses to go to that would be really um really beneficial for it's a beautiful venue um it is it's historic so and cool. cool yeah it's so cool and just to have people get out there and go there they're also supporting that local history too which is important and I um so doing more of those I think um in the springtime too will be good and just just being out in the community more and showing my face because <laughs> yeah. I don't have to be in, the, in my basement sewing anymore, but just, just being out and, and supporting other local businesses too. Is there anything I should ask you that I didn't? I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for joining us yeah. today, Christine. Thanks for having me. If there's a topic you think we should talk about, send me a message on LinkedIn or email amanda at investmedicinehat.ca. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at investmedicinehat.ca, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and your favorite podcast platform.